Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is created, the Gadigal and Bidjigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to the Ash London podcast. What's this podcast all about? Well, like life, I'm figuring it out as I go. It'll grow and evolve as I do and as you do, hopefully. I want to figure out how to keep living my best life, even when it feels like the world is imploding. It'll be a little bit messy, emotional, confronting, and hopefully we'll be able to laugh about it along the way. I just had my first baby and every Tuesday, I'll be on a quest to figure out how to live my best mum life while keeping my career, passions and dreams alive in the meantime. I call it New Mum, Who Dis? Hello, everybody. Welcome. I'm going to give you a bit of a uh, peek behind the podcasting curtain, first of all, and let you know that this is the second time I've recorded this. Because the first time I did the whole thing in one go, and usually I would stop and listen back to bits, but this time I was like, buddy's asleep. I don't know how long it's going to be. I'm just going to get it all done in one go. And then I finished it and then exported it for my audio producer. And then I listened back and I was like, uh, 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 it was all glitchy. I nearly threw my computer out of the window, but I can't afford to buy another one. So I didn't. And I took a couple minutes, relaxed, restarted everything, did some meditation. And now I've done it again. And I'm going to stop recording now and listen back to this to make sure it's not glitchy. And then I'll be right back with you. Okay, I'm back and it's worked well. Okay, we can start again. Often, usually, I find that if something doesn't work and then you have to do it again, it's better the second time around. So let's hope that that is the case for today's episode, which is a bit different because um, for this one, I wanted to take stock for a minute and maybe take a look back at some of the my favorite moments. These aren't like the best moments, just some of my favorite moments, moments that spoke to me the most out of um, the oh, 12 interviews we've done so far. Because I get that no one's got the time to be listening to every episode. And maybe you have, in which case, thank you so much. I love you heaps. But I have a lot of friends that have podcasts and I haven't listened to any of their podcasts because I'm busy and who's got time. So I appreciate if you're listening to this because you're giving me your very precious time. But this is, you, you're getting a lot of bang for your buck in this episode because we're going to look back at five moments from my interviews with some incredible ladies. And I'm going to kick things off. Um, with perhaps the funniest one we've done with Moana Hope and Bella Karlstrom, her wife, um, these girls laugh out loud funny, even more relationship goals after doing the interview than before. So these girls um, not only uh, have Sphere, their baby girl, but they also care out to um, Mo's sister Vinny, who is an absolute legend. And in this kind of moment, it, it, it's it's a, it's two. Because in the first part, it really shows how often um, the universe will serve you up a serve of joy when you most need it. Uh, and this happened on their IVF journey. And the second is just a really honest depiction of how tired you get when you have a newborn. And 
that's our girl, Vinny. Yeah. So, I mean, I can imagine that her living with you guys and um, you both being in that kind of carer slash mum slash best mate slash landlord position, you know, <laughs> like Mo, you had a lot more experience. But, Belle, do you feel like in a weird way you were you were more prepared for motherhood, like you'd kind of already been walking that road? Yeah, that's something that I've always said that we are already like, you know, a mum to Vinny and that's, we. she's our priority and we always have to, you know, arrange our life so that it's all working for the three of us. So it wasn't like we had to make huge changes in that sense, you know. Um, she's, she's skipped the baby stage and she's more of like a young teenager. But in the same sense, yeah, we've always been been her mums and had to, had to put her first and yeah. think about her. And was that scary? It's the same as, you know, when you've got a kid and you think, oh, how are they going to cope? How yeah. Can we cope being four? Like logistically, yeah. emotionally, was she involved in the discussion? Like how did that kind of go down? Yeah, she oh was. Oh, my God, tell the story about um, the time when we got a no. She was, she, she, when we told her we were trying, she was so excited, so happy, yeah. over the moon, would ask Belle every day, are you pregnant yet? Are you pregnant yet? Every day. Yeah. every day. And then the second no that we got, I remember we got and we were driving and <laughs> Vinny called Belle from school. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny called Belle from school and we just got the no. So we were a bit down and this kind of cheered us up a little bit. So Vinny called us from school and she goes to Belle and Belle was on our speaker with me she goes to Belle are you pregnant and Belle goes oh not not this time Vin and Vinny goes Megan they're not pregnant <laughs> she yells out at school to her whole classroom <laughs> and her favorite teacher and we just like cagged up laughing we just thought it was the funniest thing in the world <laughs> um so baby arrives you come yes. home you've got this new baby Mm-hmm. What was it actually like, and was it what you expected? <laughs> Exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were like, we were like sleep deprived. I was doing crazy ass shit in my sleep. Like, she she, oh she sleeps with the um the uh, breastfeeding pillow to you know yeah. to make her boobies more comfortable. And me, I I was so tired and so sleep deprived. I kept waking up during the night and thinking that the pillow was the baby and I was thinking <laughs> going Belle put the baby back in the car she's, she's like, like it's the pillow it's like why you need to calm down Sia is in her like crib it's, everything's fine and just to be fair that hasn't stopped like literally this week she's already like she checks my face and she's like Belle Belle where's Sia because we bed share I'm like she's next to me sleeping waking me up everything's fine We've all been there. I've had some moments while uh, breastfeeding in the middle of the night where I have like completely almost like hallucinated. At one point I woke Adrian up and I was like, where do we buy the milk from? And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, milk, where is it from? Because in my mind at that moment in my exhaustion, I thought like a petrol station purchases petrol We'd purchased my breast milk and then what I had then ingested it and it was being fed to the baby. I know, exhausted. And speaking of exhausted, um, if I had six kids, I would be exhausted. What a segue. I want to talk um, Emma Isaacs next. She's a mother of six, CEO of Business Chicks, lives over in America. She's worked full-time since high school. And inevitably the idea of balance came up a fair bit in our chat. And at the time I think uh, I hadn't had Buddy yet. And I had genuine concerns for myself about how much of my work and identity would be taken away from me once I met Buddy, whether I would want to go back to working and I didn't know. But her advice for me 
was bang on. There was fear for you um, going into that first birth. I know kind of around the physicality of it um, mm. and, you know, incredibly you chose to really trust your body and yourself and your plan mm. and do it at home. But were there fears also around just the fact that, you know, you've built this beautiful career for yourself and you've worked your ass off? You know, for me, a fear was what if I love motherhood so much that I don't want to work mm. anymore? Like mm. that, and that really terrified me. And I'm mm. still kind of wading through that. Did you have any sense of that? When you surround yourself with people who are very ambitious, like yourself and highly driven and, and successful and, and are feminists and believe that women can do everything and anything, which we absolutely can. So when you're in that rhetoric and when you understand that culture and you believe it, um, you know, we're told that we can outsource most everything and we're told that we can get the support we need and we're told that we can do both and we absolutely can. But what they don't tell you is that you are going to fall head over heels in love with these little beings that you bring into the world and there will come a time and a day where you will be conflicted with how much you want to work and how much you want to be with them. And it'll be at a different time for everybody. Some people don't... um, get a sense of that until their children are in their teenage years. Some, it happens biologically the minute they're out of their vagina. It's like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, like I want to devote my life to you, you know, and, it's, and you, you don't know. You don't yeah. know. And you, you you may have a sense of it, but you won't know until, until you know, you hold that little baby in your arms. I mean, for me, it, it sort of worked in a different way. I remember having every single time I have a baby, I get this um, – kind of surge of ambition, you know, and it's a bit of a protective instinct. I think I I, I really want to do better and be more so that I can provide for these little, little humans, you know? So for me, I didn't sort of have that um, instinct of, okay, great. I've got to stay home now. And I've got to put my career. I was like, no, let's go. Let's do this. Like I, I want to be a role model for you. And I want to create this freaking amazing life for you. And I want to bring you into a world where you feel safe and attached and secure and, like anything is possible. And and for me to give that to you, I've got to be that role model and I've got to show up and I've got to, you know, do all these things. So it was, um, yeah, I mean, my girlfriends have had different experiences and we've all, we will all have different experiences, but for me, motherhood only spurred me on to want to be a better person. And yeah, I, 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 um, I hazard a guess you'll be, you'll be similar. Emma was absolutely right. The second I saw the button mat, I don't think I've ever felt more inspired or motivated to work my ass off to build something brilliant for our family. In the kind of two hours I get to myself when he sleeps, I get so much done. And I'm not the kind of person generally who gets a lot done. I'm not very focused, but I find that now I can get like so much work done in those naps. And also this podcast has been a bit of a saving grace for me because it's given me a sense of my old self, something to hold on to, as well as um, be a mom. And, you know, it's given me a sense of purpose around our futures, which I'm really grateful for. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I think a lot of us have to come to terms with our changing bodies during our pregnancy. Not all of us, though, are filmed and photographed on a daily basis in kind of tight gym clothes and having built a career out of fitness. 
and to Tiff Hall. In this excerpt, we hear that unlike her sister, she didn't always plan on having kids. Instead, it was a decision born out of love and a decision that came at a cost on many levels for her. And I left it till quite late. How old was I? 34 or something, 33, 34. So, um, and I wasn't even sure if I wanted kids. Like my sister was very maternal. We grew up in the same household, all that. She had dolls that she would play mummies and prams and all that. I wasn't into that. No, thanks. Like I, <laughs> I, I didn't want anything to sort of do with it when I was young and didn't really fantasize about being a mum or anything. Mm. But then I fell in love and married my husband and it was something that we wanted to do, but I was concerned my body was going to change. Yeah. How long would it take for me to get back? What if I sustained an injury to my core or, or pelvic floor or something that, or if I had a Caesar or I couldn't yeah. exercise, you know, intensely because I was breastfeeding. I had to look after my milk supply. Like all these things were worrying me. But then in the end, at the end of the day, I just, that was more important, my family and Ed. And we leaped in. Even when I got pregnant, I wasn't ready for it, you know. And in the back of my head, I thought, Tiff, you'll get pregnant and you'll have a fit pregnancy. Like my mom, who was like muscles and just this tiny little bump. And I think she only put on like nine kilos and, you know, like I saw pictures of her pregnant. I thought genetically, like that's where I'll go. And she was training during it and everything, but it didn't happen like that for me. I put on 30 kilos and I ate, I had cravings. I lived on sausage rolls and all these things that I never Eight before I cannot imagine you having a sausage roll like oh. I know what Ed eats right and Ed is very regimented but I did breakfast radio with him and when I would be having like toast omelet maybe delicious. some pancakes mm-hmm. delicious I'd look at him and he'd have boiled chicken and boiled eggs and broccoli yeah that was us right that's why we were together we just were on the same page right and all of a sudden he's going to pie face and getting me a box of sausage rolls he he didn't know how to handle this And I was sick. I was sick the whole pregnancy, morning sickness, day, night, day, night, nine months, whatever. I was even hospitalized because of dehydration. So I was eating to feel less nauseous and I couldn't exercise. So yeah, and if you scroll through my socials, you'll see pictures of me like 30 kilos heavier and the journey back from that. So I had Arnold and I was in hospital and of course I was overjoyed with being a mom and with this baby, like couldn't believe my luck. He was phenomenal but I was looking at myself in the mirror and I was like oh my god I still look pregnant huge bump still and I had that for ages my uterus just was swollen for a long time and I chose to breastfeed and was successful with that and I don't know it just took forever to lose later in the episode Tiff details her life pretty much unraveling caving in postpartum as she battled mental struggles exhaustion illness and eventually chronic fatigue syndrome. Now, I always knew Tiff was strong, but this chat showed a whole new level of strength. I can't imagine what it would have been like building a career out of your fitness and your body, your physique, and then pretty much losing that and then dealing with public discussion around that. Most of us just go into hiding and wear our fat clothes until we're ready to go out but you know, and face the world again. I was so moved by how Tiff chose to take all the good and bad in her stride and keep moving forward. All right, next up, um, heaps of you guys reached out after our chat with Jamila Rizvi. She discussed the early days of her new mama life with a level of vulnerability you don't often hear from people publicly. This idea that you can love your baby, of course, and you can love motherhood, 
we can also look at your life and wonder if this is it. I do remember on one of my like first walks out of the house on my own, like probably it would have been around where you're at now, right? Like it would have been in the first week or two. And I remember walking with Ruffy in the pram and it was just a big thing to just get him dressed and in mm. the pram without help. And I yeah. was just like. Oh, was- gosh. I can't imagine doing that without Adrian there to like, oh. It was a big day. I remember walking down Smith Street in Collingwood in Melbourne and just <laughs> seeing all these mums and being like, and you had a baby? <laughs> you had a baby? Because childbirth was so strong and bright in my mind still. Mm. I was like, you did it? And you did it? Yeah. All of you did it. It's <laughs> just so like, true. I'm seeing it all for the first time because you hear about childbirth, you see it on movies, you see it on TV shows, your parents tell you how hard it is and all that, and none of it compares to yeah. what it actually is. I, yeah, you're absolutely right. In intro for the motherhood, you talk about how tightly controlled your life was before you were a mum. I'm interested to know what that kind of, how that manifested, like what your life how you controlled it as that kind of 20-something-year-old career woman. Yeah. I struggled the first six weeks particularly, the first three months probably more generally, but I think the first six weeks were the hardest. I, all right, now I'm going to sound really silly, but (laughs) guys are all just going to have to go with it. When I took Ruffy home from the hospital, I kind of felt like I'd won an Oscar. Yeah. Like, or how I imagine it would be if I won an Oscar. Like everyone was coming to see me and telling me like that I was amazing. (laughs) Everyone wanted to see my Oscar statue and be like, oh, wow, it's an Oscar. And tell me how rad it was and how incredible I was. And I loved that. And then somewhere around the 10 weeks, 10 days, two weeks in, people sort of started to slow in coming to see me. And it was just me and my husband went back to work after a week and my family lived interstate and then it was just me and the Oscar at home and I had to look after it and not do anything else. (laughs) And I didn't like it when no one was telling me I was good at stuff anymore. It really hit me that I was not going back to the life I'd had. Mm. And at that point I couldn't see I couldn't see the wood for the trees, right? Like I couldn't see my way to the other side of how this new life would be made that made everything possible, mm. that made, meant I could be a working person and a mother. I, I honestly felt like I was going to be as things were at 10 days for the rest of my life till this yeah. child was 18. And I was devastated. Like I remember yelling at my husband that I had ruined my life at one point. Like I, I was very unhappy and not coping. Um, And then... Yeah, I think it was around the five or six week mark. It was like mothering kind of clicked. Mm. I kind of felt like I was in a bit of a routine. I was, I felt comfortable taking the baby on my own and going to a coffee shop and sitting with a friend, which I hadn't felt at sort of that yeah. 10 day mark. I didn't, I, it was such a big exercise to go out of the house and see a friend. Um, I felt like I had some more freedom and I, I think it got better from there. And for, for me, I think everything really changed at sort of five, six months when um, we moved house and we moved into a neighborhood where I had a lot of Jeremy and my good friends who had little kids nearby, Beautiful. who had little kids with babies. And they were within like within a kilometer's walking distance. They were all really close. And that sense of community of we're in this together, I can call one of them and say, he's driving me mental. Can you mm. come sit with me? 
for a bit and I just felt like I had people. I had comrades around me yeah. to help me through. And suddenly motherhood gave me entry to this gang I wanted to be a part of as opposed to making it it making me feel separate yeah. from other people. Jamila's was the kind of honesty that new mummers need to hear regularly because I think we've all had that moment when the visitors stop coming and you're sitting on the couch, maybe your partner's gone back to work and the mundaneness of it hits and you're thinking, is this my life now? My psychologist who's also a mum kind of warned me of this. She said, you know, a lot of early motherhood is quite boring and you need to be prepared for the regularness of it. And that doesn't make it any less magic, but for me it's been a big change from normal life. The last little moment I want to leave you with is from my friend KLP. She's a singer-songwriter, DJ, producer, all-around cool mom. At the end of our chat, we were talking about what advice she'd give for women thinking about becoming moms or on the verge of motherhood, and I loved this notion of just asking. I think that I would say be really kind to yourself um, but also give yourself permission to ask or curate the type of life that you want to have um, with your kids or your partner. So, you know, don't be afraid to speak up and and, and ask for things um, and try things out and, um, yeah. I love that. It can look different for everybody. You can make it look however you want it to look. Yeah, you can honestly, and there are some people that I talk to, be it friends or whatever, and they're like, oh, yeah, but that's just not what we do or I don't know if I can say that and I'd be like fuck it just ask you know like just just ask um we give so much of ourselves as um parents and especially mothers and it's I'm a way better mother when I do things for myself Mm. um and I think I'm a better role model as well when I do stand up for things um or take time out for myself um because, I mean, I see my daughter doing the same thing and sometimes it's a pain in the ass because she'll stand up for herself against me. <laughs> <laughs> so in some ways I'm like, damn, this is this is annoying. But in other ways I'm like, well, this is actually the type of, you know, person yeah. that I hope that you'll be. I yeah. hope that you'll be able to stand up for yourself and not feel afraid to speak out and, you know, yeah. ask for the type of, Ask for the type of life that you I love it. Um, deep down deserve. Yeah, and it goes that against sense. that bullshit thing that we're all, whether we want to admit it or not, has been drilled into us that the best thing you can be as a mother is selfless. And I think that's yeah. just such a lie that really holds us back and means that we don't live our best life because we think, well, yeah. if the, the, the best mother puts the kids first always. And, yes, 99% of the time, of course, we will put the kids first and we have to, but there has yeah. to be an example whereby they see mum standing up for herself, doing what she needs to do, you know, I think that's so important and beautiful yeah. and we don't talk about it enough that, that that selflessness shouldn't be the be-all and end-all. Yeah, and I think you need to be happy and I mm. want my daughters to be able to see and recognise whatever they need to do to be happy. Yes. And I'm not afraid to say that I need to do these certain things as well as being a mum and as fulfilling as that is, I need to do these other things in order to feel as complete as I can, yes. you know, be myself. I want them to be able to do the same things. And, you know, you don't always get it right and I'm not always happy all the time. And 
I'm always figuring it out and it changes as the world changes and they get older and Nick changes. But I'm always going to keep asking and I'm always going to keep trying to get to that as, as much as I can be complete yeah. version of myself. And I just, I want them to see that and I want them to be able to do the same. Asking for and demanding the things that you need can look different for everyone. And I don't even have to think it, I don't think it has to have anything to do with work or career. But that for me was one of the biggest takeaways, I think, of the whole series is that you can still exist outside of motherhood and you can build your life any way you need to build it to make it work. And that might be just, not just, but that might be solely being a mum and devoting every minute of your life to that. And that might be what makes you happy and works for you. But maybe it isn't. Maybe you need to build something that looks different. Well, you can choose to do that. Um, that isn't going to look the same for everybody, but it's up to me and it's up to you to curate the life that you want because nobody's going to curate it for you. It takes a lot of introspection, big questions and experimentation to figure it out, but it is possible and I think that gives me a lot of hope. I'm going to leave it there for today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and looking back at some of these moments. There are heaps more that I could have covered and I'm so grateful to all of our guests so far for opening up and being so generous with their time and thoughts and stories. Just a reminder, you can choose to take or leave any of these ideas, advice, all of it, their experiences. That's the beauty of the journey. You can build it any way you like because ultimately you know what's best and only you know what's best for you and your family. I love you guys. Thank you for lending me half an hour of your time once again. I'll catch you on the next episode. Big love. I love you. See ya. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.